you got to remember at a buffet, one important thing is remember that, that there's that signal that gets sent, you know, from the stomach to the brain. If you, you know, they say if you eat really slow, you'll eat less because you get satiated and your brain says you've eaten, right? So you have to outrace that signal. (laughs) You have to beat that signal. Yeah, you have to have like a second plate ready or be maybe seated close to the buffet. That's also a strategic move you can do. You can ask Mm -hmm. the server, hey, can I sit right by the buffet? That's another thing. Or even add it. One of those big places, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. Big Rob Parlow here. I got Dusty Hanshaw and the producer, Scott McNally. Remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and... Ring the bell. Yes, definitely do that. Remember, I am Mutant.com. Mutant is a hardcore sponsor of the show. They uh, take care of us big time, and we're very grateful for Mutant being on board, spreading the hardcore message. Go to IamMutant.com, Dusty20, BigRon20, two different codes you can use. Doesn't matter which one. Get 20% off your ISO surge. Get 20% off your all-in, your madness, and everyone should be on the gear. Okay. What do we got, Scott? We got a couple Um, fun topics and then one kind of serious topic, right? Yeah. I'm wondering, can I use both codes, though, and get 40%? You could try it. Yeah, probably not. Well, okay. I have found if you use my code, your scooper <laughs> is to work very yeah. top yeah. at the, yeah, yeah. Tends at to the bottle. Yeah, here we go. I found this out. I had a client send me a picture. She goes, I used your code, and here's my scooper right at the top of the approach. And I was like, ah, they yeah, actually yeah, do yeah. that for my code. They That's do funny. not do that. A personal touch. For Ron's code. <laughs> so here's what we've got, guys. So we, we actually, we got a lot of feedback in the last show. Ton of, ton of uh, views, too. So thank you, everybody, for yeah. watching and liking and commenting, because all that stuff helps to boost the show up. You guys did a freaking great job at that. Um, we've got a couple really fun topics. Number one, how to game plan a buffet to do maximum damage. We Very had one important. of we everybody wanted to know what were your first sponsors, and I have a story too on that one. But before we did, um, there was something on your mind. I know. What, why don't you tell us what it was? Let's cover this one because I think this is something. Literally, if anybody who works with a coach and a lot of the people that work with me need to know this stuff. Yeah, well, well, we were having this conversation before we hit record, and it just triggered that I had a few messages about this already, and I, I, I think it was on a list of topics like a few times now, but we just never got to it. Yeah. But it was taking responsibility for sending good pictures and or video to your coach so that they can actually see how you look, right? And we were Mm -hmm. all talking about how frustrating it is when you have a client who's maybe even a really good client and you say, hey, send me pictures and you get these pictures and you can't see their legs, you can't see their back. And you're like, did you look at these? (laughs) <laughs> like, did, did you look at these? Like, do you think you look better in these than in the pictures you sent me, you know, two days ago that I thought were great? You know, like the inconsistency, right? Right. So you get like a great set of pics, great set of pics. And then you get a set of pics where you're like, I can't, they're, what's going on here? These, you can't send these. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think about that stuff? Like, how, do, like, like how frustrating is that for you? Well, it, it really, <clears throat> to me, it's simple. I can it, I can only help you with what you give me. So I don't if I don't know what you look like, then that is what I'm basing all of my work on. I think a lot of it comes down to laziness. Like listen, when we moved into this house, the 
and we weren't competing anymore. It was like, oh, we got to find light. And when we started with Ron, it was, okay, we're going to try the stairway. Then it was getting a little dark in the morning. I'm like, this doesn't work anymore. Like we looked for a spot to get him, not perfect light, just light where he could clearly see. Yeah. Then it got to the point where I was like, oh, <clears throat> I'm not consistently at the same height. We're going to use a tripod, even though I'm taking the pictures. Boom. So literally things start to look the same every single time you send progress pictures. You know, that is enormously important. And, and I think people need to not be lazy. <clears throat> Sounds funny, but my last apartment had terrible lighting when I still worked with Chris. I drove to the gym every single time he wanted pictures. No now, kidding. It was five minutes from my house, but I got in my car, drove to the gym, had someone meet me at the gym to take pictures before I ate my first meal. And yes. anybody who's worked with Chris knows that could be every single day. Yeah. Yep. I literally paid Whatever a guy to meet me at the gym, <clears throat> snap pictures, him. and leave. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is what you can do. Thankfully, eventually, uh, my friend Andrew took over, and there was no more payment. I just, you know, you're going to screw your friends, so that's what you do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> there, there's an app. There's an app on, on my phone. I've had it for like 10 years, and it it just takes a picture every 10 seconds. You just set it for 10 seconds, and it just it gives a little three count. So when it gets to three, it goes three two, one, click. And then there's some yeah. time you can change poses. And then you hear it go three, two, one, click. You don't have to hold a button in your mouth and look like a dummy on Instagram. <laughs> Stand there with this thing in your mouth. I'm like, what the hell? Are, you don't need to hold a button in your mouth. You have a timer. There are timer apps. Yeah. But here's another mistake. I think the button's a mistake. Why? Because they wait till they have the pose perfect and then they take the picture. Right. That's not how judging works. Ah, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. When you're being judged, you have to be on time with your pose. It's yep. not when you're ready. It's when the camera or the judges are ready. That's a good point. And that is a big difference. So people putting this stupid button in their mouth, they're like, Kate, there are my legs and my arms. Kate, pull the vacuum in. <clears throat> and they bite down and they get their picture. And it's a fake security that you can hit the pose on time. It's not mm. real. You're bluffing mm -hmm. yourself. You're lying to yourself. You have to be able to hit it on time. And when you hear three, two, one, that's just Damn. how it works for me. That's how my brain works. Ron, so I, use a I, timer. I do this. Yeah, obviously, you guys do too. This is if I'm not podcasting, I'm literally doing check ins all day long, right? And I have yes. never thought about it from that perspective. I like Here's that. another thing I'm taking it further. Snapshot, snapshot, screenshots of your video are lazy. They're I not tell real people either. to do that. I tell people to do that. So that's that's a good way to get a set of pictures from people if they're bad at it. But it, to me, it's not because screenshots of video are far lower quality than video or good pictures. Yeah. So if you're sending me a screenshot of a video, it's degraded quality of what the video would have looked like on a decent, on a new phone relative. Right. But also, I think that posing for the timer is superior to screenshots of a video because once again, you have to be on time. Like, and, it, and it's also a conditioning thing because you can set it so it's every 10 seconds, right? <clears throat> so it's almost like right. doing real call outs because it's like, 10 seconds and you're moving and you're hustling and you can't slow down. You have to make the next shot. And I just really like the 10 second or eight second countdown. It's almost like you're doing rounds and you can just let it roll for like three full rounds 
and and you're not having to take the picture, which once again gives you a false security that you're hitting the shot on time. And then the screenshots of video, which I mean, they're acceptable. Like some people look so good, they don't matter, right? Like I'm, you know, I mean, I mean, certain I guys I dealt with. Yeah, yeah. Some guys can, you know, some guys send you <laughs> screenshots of their video and you're like, oh, your glutes are coming in. I could see everything going on. But that's because yeah. the lighting of the video and the quality of the initial video they're screen shooting is good enough that they can get away with that. Yeah. But sometimes with people, the video they're screenshotting has terrible lighting. So they're starting with a bad video and then they're screenshotting right. a bad video. And I'm like, this is just getting worse. So one of the things like I remember when Chris would say, send me pictures. I, yeah, he'd say, how do you look today? And I'd be like, my legs are drier. He'd go, send me pictures. Well, now I have to make sure that my pictures are good because I want him to see that my legs are drier. So if I go in crappy lighting and take random pictures and send them to him, he's now not going to be able to agree with me. Like, well, Ron says his legs are drier, but he just sent me crap pictures. So I don't know. So now there's like a disconnect, right? So I would be like, oh, and I'd make sure, like I'd look at the pictures, go, oh, these are definitely, ah, there you are. He's definitely going to see this. You know what I mean? I would make sure the pictures were good. Legs and back, those are the two body parts that are hard to get good lighting on. And you have to put the effort in. So do you want to know a story I heard? You know, Sarah Villegas, the physique Miss Olympia, who's always peeled to the bone with the crazy glutes, right? Right. I, I heard a story about her and her husband. When they go into a hotel room, he has a box of different light bulbs. Huh. And he goes around and he changes light bulbs to get the right light bulbs so they can maybe get a better lighting. So he's running around the hotel. They told me that. that he changes light bulbs, puts really bright ones in so they can, or really, or dimmer or whatever, but he's got a bunch of different bulbs. And then they've got stands with ring lights on them. And yeah, I was going to say, why not just ones. use ring lights? That's I, I wouldn't bother yeah, well, with traveling with light bulbs, but again, yeah, again I'm but, not Miss Olympia, so. Yeah, like, <laughs> but just micromanaging the light for these images because they have to be, maybe they're trying to recreate an exact lighting, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? But whatever. So anyways, that's what I was told. So, uh, I mean, some people just, like, I tell people go in the hall. If you're in a hotel, hotels are bad lighting, right? So everyone gets to the show and they've got crappy lighting. Terrible. So this is where a ring light obviously comes in. But also, too, like, I send people in the hallway all the time. I'm like, go out in the hallway. There's good lighting in the hallway sometimes. You can get mm. under a pot light, hit a back double. Elevator. But people are elevator. afraid to, yeah, by the elevator the or whatever. You know, there's, there's some lighting somewhere, but sometimes you got to walk around and find it. But that's frustrating for a coach. And it's especially frustrating when you're close to a show. Like, if you're, if, if you're in a hotel and you, they say, send me, and you say, send me pictures. And then you get the pictures and you're like, oh, I can't really see your legs. And they're like, oh, well, I'm gone for the next five hours I've gone to get my tan and I've gone to do this and that. And you're like, Oh, well now like I'm just kind of waiting for you to, you know, send me another set of better pictures. So I don't know. That's my take. It's very important. And you guys need to put a lot of effort into making sure your pictures are consistent. And before you send your pictures to your coach, ask yourself, do I look great? Is this a, like, do I love these? Would I post these? Like, do these look good? Are these accurate? You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's really tough if they're not. I think you nailed that part, though, because I ran into that one time where it was the opposite. 
So I had a client that was very concerned about making sure that the the lighting was good and everything looked good. And so we're like five weeks out and I mean, we're ahead of schedule. And then coincidentally, I was at a show in his town and he came over and I was like, oh, let me take a look. And the physique was not what I was seeing in pictures. Mm. I was like, oh, he was too good. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, bro, what, what's going on? He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, your pictures, you look so much harder. He goes, oh, well, I've been adjusting the, the lighting. <laughs> he was filtering pictures and sending them to me. I'm like, uh, I make all of my decisions based on these pictures. Yeah. And oh, we were far enough out that the glutes weren't supposed to be all the way in yet. Yeah. So right. I could see them, but it was because he was turning shadows up. I'm like... There was an extra like two millimeters on those glutes that you didn't count on. I'm like, why would you do that? He goes, well, you needed good. I'm like, no, I need true lighting. Yeah. Not right. good lighting. Because, for example, lighting that's really right. good, if you are fat as shit, it is not nice to you. That's what people don't realize is like when you look terrible, like if you're just fat or whatever, and you get under that perfect light of the gym, it shows every dimple also in the other yeah. direction. So it, it, it's not lying to you when you're in a good gym with good lighting and you look in the mirror, if you look really good, that's really how you look in good lighting, but that doesn't yeah. require like adjustment. I'll never. So that was from then on, I started for a while, like saying, do not filter your pictures. And people are like, why would I do that? And I'm like, Hey, it's happened. Right. <laughs> I know. Where so keep that in mind. You want to make sure you're showing what you look like. And it's really important. Like you said, Ron, that used to be the thing we did when we got to the hotel because you didn't used to have like a ring light you could easily travel with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I would get to the hotel and just walk around. And then fortunately, a couple of times I did Pittsburgh a couple of times. So I literally know where to go in the hotel I stayed at. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, first by the by the, by the uh, elevator down the hallway. Perfect. That little, yeah, that little yeah. short hallway right by the elevator <laughs> at, at yep. uh, North Americans. Yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah. spot. I just sent you a picture That's from funny. that spot. I, I was like Scott. I, I wanted to show them the elevator lighting. Did you send it? I'll pull that up. It's on your. It's on your. Oh uh, phone. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is right now. Yeah. This is That's what so good funny. elevator lighting does. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to get yeah, something yeah. in on this too, guys, because I know we're running a little bit long here. But yeah, I, yeah. I had kind of a list of things I thought I, I would share just to try to say here's some some solid things that I tell people. Number one is I want to be able to see your full physique, right? So. Try to fill the frame. We want to try to see it from head to toe. If your feet are cut off, I don't want that. But if it's just like your ankles down or cut off, it's not going to be the end of the world. But I'd like to see your full physique. I don't want there to be like three feet of sky or ceiling above you. Try to get as close as possible. You know, Mm -hmm. shoot the camera from ballpark about like waist height, a little bit higher than that, maybe. So it's kind of, you know, right on. I don't want you to, I don't want your you know wife to take the camera and angle it down at you so that your upper body looks huge and your legs look tiny or vice versa. Right. I want you to be able to shoot your pictures on your own most of the time, because if, especially for guys that are new to this, if they have somebody else that they depend on, then they tell me, oh, I had to get up early for work today and I didn't want to bother my wife because she was still sleeping for the next three hours. So I didn't I didn't get pictures. Let's, let's just depend on yourself. And I feel like the same thing is with preparing your food. I like to be in charge of all my own food. I don't want to make that anybody else's responsibility. Um, from there, I'm totally with you guys on the light. 
I've done the the video thing for people that are just not able to do it. A lot of guys are getting the the button now, but there's <clears> you know <throat> I've always used just the um, self timer on my phone. I found that that works just fine. Although you have to like hit the button, then ten seconds, get back there, hit your pose, snap the picture, mm-hmm. and then just as you guys were saying, keep it consistent. If you can get a cheap ring light, I like that because. That way you can you can reproduce the same thing no matter where you're at. Because yeah. that is the worst, is being able to have a great picture, great picture every day. We're doing pictures literally sometimes two, three times a day at that last week. And then finally we get to the hotel room and now all of a sudden it's utter garbage. Or you have good light from the window during the day and then it gets dark and then we can't yeah. see what's happening from five o'clock on. You and know, there's, and there's, no, there's no more paralyzing situation to be in as a coach than when you say, how are the legs looking? And they go, I think they're a little harder. And you go, oh, send me some pictures. And then the pictures come and you can't see the quads at all. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're like, well, it's just such a weird feeling. For new people, get ready to take pictures in public. Okay. I know that all your pictures are taken like in the privacy of your own home. The day of the show, I am literally going to need pictures frequently in the morning. So if you get to the show early, if you want to go to the show early, I'm going to need pictures there. You're going to have to find a spot to pose at the venue. And guess what? You're going to get on stage in another couple hours anyway. You're going to be in your Speedo. So, you know, doing it off stage is no problem either. But get ready for that. And that's the only way that we can guarantee that things are going to be on the mark. You know what I mean? Yep. 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 Definitely. Those little black, okay. black backdrops are great, by the way, too. I've got a few clients that I had get those when they have, and it's game changing. Uh, I know back in the day, you guys won't know this that are new to the game, but we used to just have black backdrops at shows. That's why we always look pretty mm. good. Uh, we don't do that anymore because, you know, promoters are idiots. But anyways, <laughs> if you get a black backdrop, game changing versus a white backdrop with your pictures. And I mean, they're like 10 bucks on Amazon. You don't like yeah. to hang it on your wall. You toss it on the wall right behind you and then take the shots. It, it does help quite a bit if you want to get real serious. I okay. never had that. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> okay, Scott. Points. Now, from the opposite of looking great in photos, eating at buffets. Is That's this where we're going next. Yeah. That's where the, you look great in real life. Here's the question. When's the last time, <laughs> when's the last time you went to a buffet? Oh gosh, years remember. for me. Yeah, years. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Vegas buffets, because okay. I can't. I mean, I'm. You got to remember, I'm trying to get away from my white trash roots. So, like Old Town Buffet, just it ain't it no more. I'm trying to get away from right. that. You know, I don't. Okay. I go in there. I look too experienced. People know. They're like, ah, oh, he's one of us. <laughs> right. He's a hockey player. <laughs> How about you, Ron? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, aside from the typical breakfast buffet at the Marriott hotels that I'm at, which I don't count. <sighs> Um, it's been a while since I walked into like an Apple Betty's or whatever your big chain is of buffet. What's the big buffet down there? You said Old Town? Is that old, what you said? old Country? Like the old, old Country, country or whatever. Yeah. yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a while. I do have a, a, a number one rule though. Oh, we got to read is. the question first, don't we? Oh, this is Hen yeah. Solo. It's one of our. It's one of our guys. Yeah, he says. Uh, after hearing the DJ story, uh, what are your go-to foods okay. at a buffet, and how many rounds do you go in uh, your peak of your off season? So basically, he's asking us, how do you game plan a buffet to do the most damage? First thing I look for: fried chicken. 
Hmm. Oh, to see how good the fried chicken is. Got to get a good, like, like a double breast, you know? So you got the fried chicken. And then it's carving station. Is this a carving station situation? Oh, shouldn't even be there, there if it's not. If there's, yeah, there should be like, you know, if you're at like a nice one, like, you know, Mexican all inclusive, you're at like a good resort and there's a carving mm. station every time. It's like turkey one meal, roast beef the next, that sort of stuff. I always do that. It's premium yeah. protein sources first and then I shop the carbs. You know, I have to start earlier than this. Let me tell you why. You got to plan your eating for the day in preparation for that meal. Right. You know, it's a huge mistake to be like, oh, I'm going to save room for the buffet by not eating. No, 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 no. Just like dieting, got to keep that food incoming perfectly. I want to eat about three hours before I walk in. You know, whole food meal, nothing crazy. You know, 10 ounces of steak, 200 grams of rice just in prep. Three hours from then, I'm rolling in. But we're doing Vegas here. So I've found that the biggest key is you do your lap. You make sure you know what everything is so you can make your choices. And you should not sit down with less than three plates immediately. Because <laughs> speed eating is what makes sure you can get enough in, you know. And if you're going to go to the crab legs, you got to empty them all out first. Like, don't be doing it while you're, the, while you're eating. It takes That's too long. Too long. You're, you're going to lose thunder. You got to be focused. Maybe bring an assistant to handle that for you. Not you got to remember. Often. You got to remember at a buffet. <laughs> one important thing is remember that that there's that signal that gets sent, you know, from the stomach to the brain. If you you know they say if you eat really slow, you'll eat less because you get sati satiated yeah. and your brain says you've eaten right. So you have to outrace that signal. <laughs> you have to <laughs> beat that I mean. signal. Yeah, you oh. have to have like a second plate ready or be maybe seated close to the buffet. That's also a strategic move you can do. You can mm -hmm. ask the server, hey, can I sit right by the buffet? That's another thing. Or even add it in one of those big fun. places, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. And I another tip, my, my little tip, I avoid the salad bar. I don't even hit that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Bread. I, mean, I don't even no. know what's on there. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I forgot two two buffets that I wasn't thinking of, and I've done these very recently. Swiss had one, Germany had one, and that is the breakfast buffet. When we oh, went yeah. to Germany, we went to the breakfast buffet every day. I go straight to that. I try to get there early, get there early, get there often, and go to that omelet bar where they make an omelet for you. Now that's my also yeah. tip him big every day. That's very key to your life. I always also, tip the omelet guy heavy right away. That's funny, the omelet guy. Hmm. See, that's that Marriott breakfast buffet I'm talking about, Scott. That's like, that's a great thing. That's good. I love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. That is nice. Yeah. What's the There's one that, that we go to in Columbus? That one's great. Oh, Marriott? The one Which we always one? go to, Ron. The one we go to breakfast in Columbus. Hilton? I think I think that's a, a Hilton or Hyatt we stay at there. Yeah, that's a nice one. That's nice. Yeah. That guy fantastic. That's, that's where the lineup, you skip right through. Find the omelet guy, have him make you a couple of them out the bat, slip him a 10 or a 20, tell him I'll be back. It's game <laughs> there changer. <you> There's <laughs> that gotten also, two to the table before that are so big, you're like, this might be my only trip nice. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Dusty will fill another dish too for later. He does that. I'm not afraid. There's also the, uh, we'll go to the Whole Foods buffet. Now that's different because you're, oh, you're paying rich. by the pound, you know? <laughs> 
That's like a date day thing where we're, we like maybe we went out to Cranbrook where they have like old historic buildings and we're walking through the park and then we're like, hey, let's grab, you know, some lunch, buffet lunch type thing from Whole Foods on the way home. And you end up getting like if you're lucky, you'll get like um, some type of a roast or something like that. And then I'll end up with some weird stuff, though, like things that don't match. I'll end up with like brisket and some fish at like fish and chips fish. And like oh, some nice. macaroni and cheese and like a little lasagna or something like all these things that don't go together. <laughs> <On> the lasagna <laughs> diet. That's right. Sounds like some sort of international festival of food. Yeah. <laughs> right. you know? A little bit of everything, you know. You know. Scott's not yeah, leaving yeah. anybody out. Yeah. No, that's, no. That's pretty good. I I went there one time because we had one right by me in Scottsdale. Yeah. And I remember I just got what I wanted and I went up to the counter and the guy's like, $726. And I was like... <laughs> That's a, he's like, he's like, you're at Whole Foods, moron. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. This is an old country. Can I put some of this back? You know, that fried chicken's eighteen dollars a piece. I don't remember what, but that's why I laughed when you said that because I literally remember having like sticker shock at yeah. one box of food I got because it was probably close to fifty bucks for real. And I was oh, like, God. it's like six meatballs. Yeah. Like, he's like, you got to go lighter, bro. This is obvious, you know. We we usually like between the two of us because Victoria has a ton of food allergies, so that way she can pick the stuff she wants. We don't have to. If we're in an area we don't know, you know, we're like we can go to Whole Foods, we can get food there real quick or whatever, and then we don't have to wait for it to be cooked. It's like get that, eat it, and we're back to doing whatever we're doing and we'll we might spend like 35 bucks 40 bucks between the two of us so it's not cheap but it's the way bad. i look at it is like hey we're on our date day and this is like the equivalent of going out to eat so yeah yeah that's expensive there it's where like the rich soccer moms eat lunch yeah yeah, yeah. so you pay those soccer mom prices for meatballs it adds up okay Okay, okay, we, we had, had another one, question. Scott. We did, and I don't see it offhand right here, but the gist of it was he was asking um, what all of our first uh, bodybuilding sponsorships were. Nice. Oh, like okay. Okay. Go ahead, Ron. So mine was a health food <clears throat> store, I guess, technically, in my hometown. And I can't remember what it was called. It was like Nature's Way or something like that. You know what I mean? The health hut, maybe I can't remember which, what the name of the store was, but it was in the mall. And then they had a, another location. So there was two locations. And, um, I used to go in there all the time and, and, you know, buy my probably bought Yohimbi bark there, probably bought some boron, <laughs> you know, probably bought some yeah. vanadyl sulfate off them. Probably purchased a, maybe a tub of, uh, uh, what was the Agent Orange or what was this? Ultimate Orange. Ultimate Orange. Probably bought yes. some Canadian Ultimate Orange there when it first came out. Ooh. Probably probably bought some bottles Heavy of Heavyweight Gainer 900. Oh, definitely <laughs> bought some Perfect 900. Absolutely. Nice. And um, and I, I said, I remember I said, hey, uh, I was going to college at the time there. And I said, hey, um, you know, I'm going to college and I'm going to do my first bodybuilding show my first real bodybuilding show. And um, she was like, oh yeah, we'd love to sponsor you. So she had a bunch of t-shirts printed up with like their logo. And I said, I liked really big t-shirts. So she had these like four XLs that hung halfway down to my knee and blood and guts had just come out. So it fit the same as Dorian's big leg day That's shirt. Awesome. It was like halfway down. So I had these huge shirts, a bunch of them printed up. And uh, she goes, well, what do you need? And I was like, well, I need like, you know, a really good protein powder and creatine and, 
I had all these supplements. Like I don't remember what I was taking. This was back in 97. So I don't even remember what was popular, but, uh, um, yeah, they took care of all my stuff. I took a ton of supplements, like every vitamin under the sun, like, you know, the whole, you know, vitamin C to E, you know, fish oil thing that was going on back in 97 already. I was taking everything. And, uh, it'll probably had some beef liver tabs, probably oh, had some, you, you know, probably had all that stuff. Cause I was, she was giving me whatever I wanted. And, uh, I mean, this, you know, the only way you could really advertise back then was just wear the shirt in the gym. So I would wear their shirts mm-hmm. all the time when I trained yep. and whenever someone asked me, you know, where do you get your subs? I'd just tell them where, and they had, um, uh, a picture of me. They put a picture of me after the show up on the wall. And I remember I went back to that town like 15 years later and i walked past that store in the mall and that picture was still on the wall no kidding that's I couldn't awesome even believe it. i was like and i walked in and there was just like someone else working there there was no owner there or anything but it might probably be the same person probably the same lady owns it but i couldn't believe it was still up did you say so, yeah, anything really hey that's yeah, me. yeah yeah i actually did i went i hey is the owner in here i couldn't remember her name and yeah. he was like oh no you know just and i was like oh I guess that's actually me I, I can't believe that's still up there so, <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah it's funny that was my first sponsor so it wasn't really a company but it was a bunch of free stuff and they were that's very huge. generous that's cool yeah and we did a, a photo shoot where i was shopping <laughs> like, oh that's great <laughs> Yeah, so we did like a photo shoot shopping and then she had like a newsletter that she would make up and mm-hmm. there was like a stack of them. And then when I remember this newsletter came out like while I was dieting and I looked at it and I was in there shopping. I was like, oh, that's so funny. My so mom like, would have wanted to keep a copy of that because she was so just think, yeah. just think that was like, <laughs> like a prehistoric form of social media, right? You have to this explain to all the, the viewers what that, that is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a newsletter is a piece of paper paper that showed what you're doing. (laughs) Imagine if your Instagram was on a piece of paper, you know? Yes. That's that's like a map is a paper GPS for those of you who don't understand those words. Yeah. Um, So mine was uh, a little closer to home. And when I got into bodybuilding, I was broker than broke. I I bought my first house and all that stuff. So... um, I got into bodybuilding and, and I was just having a conversation with my mom. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I want to make a run at this and, and see how it goes. And I was like, but it's tough. It's expensive. And she was like, well, like, what do you buy? And I, and I told her, I was like, well, it's, you know, going to need to buy a lot more food and supplements. I'm like, eventually I'm going to need to buy gear. And I had to explain all that to her. Um, and it was great because my mom was like, well, you know, you're doing all the right stuff. And she had already, she had divorced my dad and everything. So she was like, I'll give you $500 a month. No kidding. For a year. And I'm like, and my mom didn't have any money. So I'm like, how are you going to do that? You know? <laughs> and she's like, I'll figure it out. And she did. So she gave me $6,000 over the course of a year to help with bodybuilding, which was enormous for me. Because, I mean, I was... It, it kind of bothers me when I deal with clients who don't understand, like they're younger and they're like, you know, oh, you don't, you don't understand because food. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I had a credit card that I literally kept just in case chicken went on sale so I could buy an extreme bulk yeah, and pay it off before the end of the month and have, you know, a month plus worth of chicken because it was cheaper. And I chose my meat based on sales. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to eat a higher fat meat. What's here today? Like, you know, I'd walk in the store with, you guys won't know what this is either. It's called cash. 
and it was all I had. And I'm like, here's what I have to spend today and I have to get through this. So when she did that, it was completely game changing. Yeah. Um, because now I could take full advantage of those things, take supplements I couldn't afford, do these kinds of things. And, and that's why it's, you know, kind of like Ron said, like when you get to the end, that's why it's always funny when people see you do things for your parents when you're older or whatever. You're like, you know, I ain't giving them any money. I'm just giving it back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really, you're just returning your money, and yeah, you're making more, but your investments would have made a lot more back then too. Yeah, you know? so yeah. it was very like, cool, and it made the um, the process of success. And then when bodybuilding started paying me, and I started paying for her things, it kind of went full circle, you know. But uh, yeah, didn't that you was, buy your mom a car and a house, buddy? Yeah. There, so there yeah, you go. those are. Yeah, it paid back, you know? but I mean, that's a good invested 6000 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she gave you six grand. You bought her a house and a car. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was my first sponsor. So it was very cool. That's awesome. Well, I haven't bought my first sponsor a house and a car, so I'm a little short. <laughs> <laughs> you might have You might have with all those sales. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, sales. you never know. Maybe, she's li- maybe that's why she doesn't have to be in when I go visit. <laughs> she's not there anymore. She doesn't she's have to be. Living, living on an island. Yeah. That yeah, idiot yeah. did all this for supplements. <laughs> yeah. I had, you, I had one, and it, I can't remember when it was, but it was earlier on. And uh, it was, uh, and I, I grabbed my picture off Facebook because this, this was my profile picture for a while. This is my friend Velco, and oh, yeah. uh, he owned Nicola's Barbecue, okay? Which was, it's a great barbecue joint. Uh, if you're in Detroit, it's up by like Nine Mile in Telegraph. And they've got great food. But they, uh, they sponsored me by paying for my gym membership, uh, for the first couple, like for a couple, two, three years, something like that. And they just asked, they're no like, way. hey, yeah, they're like, hey, we'll print off a bunch of shirts for you and you can wear them in the gym. They're like, you don't have to wear them all the time, but, you know, put the shirts on, wear them in the gym. And that's good promotion for us. You're a good guy. You talk to people and everything. So they're like, we, we'd love to help you out, man. So they sponsored an MMA guy and then they sponsored me and Velco knew me from the gym. He'd see me around talking right. to people and training and stuff. So, yeah, I, and I'm still friends with him today. So he's a it was I was very grateful for it. Like I felt extremely lucky. And and they're like, yeah, if there's anything, any clothes you want to have it like special clothes, because they had T-shirts and stuff. But they're like, we'll get the logo printed on it. And I was like, OK, so yeah, like a hoodie or something. Yeah. And that's what I went and I went and bought a hoodie and they're like, oh, bring those, bring us the receipt. You know, we'll pay for the hoodie. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because I already felt like they're doing yeah. so much for me, you know. And yeah. uh, I dropped the shirt off with him or dropped the hoodie off with him and I got it back and it had the logo on it and stuff. I was so proud to wear that too and be like, yeah, you know, I got a sponsorship and they're helping me to do this thing. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was really grateful for that. And then anytime that I'd ever like stop by, he'd always try to feed me constantly, just food, food, food. Anytime, like to this day, man, if I stop by there, he was like, I, I almost feel bad. Like I don't want to eat. Like I, I introduced him to Victoria. We were driving by there one day and I we walked out of there with like these two big boxes of like chicken and everything else. So yeah, he's yeah, yeah. a really cool dude. Really cool That's guy. Really so cool. how how far away from the gym is he? He's I mean, he wasn't close. I mean, no, the he, gym you were at. He he so the he's he's God, he's a little ways away, honestly. Oh, okay. I was he just lived like he lived you know. by he lived by the gym that I trained at. So, you know, right. but, but then he would, and that's out in Novi. And then he was out in Detroit, like close to Detroit, maybe like 20 minutes away, something like 20 minutes oh, freeway still, away. We're still going to get people seeing your shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because, you know, gym memberships are probably only, what, was it 25 bucks a month back then? Yeah, I think I paid like $200 a year or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. That's awesome. So, you know. so on this subject, I, I want to push this a little further for you guys because when I owned my stores, people used to come in all the time and ask for sponsorships. Um, and I never felt they understood what the word sponsorship meant. You know, like, because what they mean is, hey, will you give me some money? And that's not a sponsorship. Like, there's supposed to be an ROI on this situation. So what would you guys suggest in a, in a non-digital format? You know, because a lot of people are going to be starting with the barbecue place or the, the supplement store. How do you present it to where you, you think you could go to somebody and ask for sponsorship, but provide them value that would make them consider doing it? It's a great question. Well, if it's so, I mean, let's say it's a restaurant, you know, are you going to bring a big group of people in once in a while or something like that? You know, say, hey, you know, uh, you know, you know, every, you know, once a month after leg day, I'm going to bring in five guys and we're all going to eat our faces off. You know what I mean? Like there's something like that that you can do for them to, to, you know, because, you know, maybe every time you come in, you bring a bring one person who hasn't been there yet or something like that. Like put in that sort of effort to, to help out the business. You know, there can be casual agreements that you can come to or actual, you know, written agreements you can come to obviously, but you know, you can't just say sponsor me and then they just give you money and then they never see you again. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? You got to bring your friends into the store, come by and say hi with your buddies after you train show them around, say, Hey, I got to show you this store. It's really nice. You know? So they like that sort of stuff. I mean, it could be anything as simple as that to, to, you know, um, you know, like I said, with the restaurant thing where you kind of plan to bring some buddies in and actually pig out and spend a bunch of money, you know, but you got to have something that you can offer them, you know, I don't know. That's just a random idea. Yeah. The the reason I asked is because I, I feel like that's, the missing link because people would do mm. that. They would come in when I had the stores and they're like, Hey, I'd like you to sponsor me. I said, okay, what do you propose? And they're like, you well, give me stuff. I'm, I'm wrestling and I, and I need $500. And I'm like, no, that sounds terrible. Like there has to be a return on investment. I think it's a, the reason I like to point it out because if Ron and I were going to get into our actual sponsors that moved on from there, you might notice that, so I got my first sponsor in 2006, okay, uh, a supplement sponsor. I've had three. It's almost hmm. 2024, and I've never not been sponsored since. Yeah. So that's something I think you got to see. Are you providing value? And it yeah. should be your goal in life. Like, you know, I don't, I signed a three year contract with Mutant last year. I didn't say, oh, cool, and then relax. It's like, all right, now I got to, you know, even though I've proven it for however many years, I got to continue to prove value. Right. Donna does not like when you don't provide value. Yes. Donna requires value at all times. High value. She High yeah. value. So it is important, though, that you guys think about that because I don't think a lot, enough people pay attention to when their athlete, their favorite athlete goes from company to company to company. I'm like, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Like chances are the companies are not getting the ROI they thought they were going to get. Because I promise you, if I could make Mutant $10 million a year, they'd gladly pay me too. Hmm. Like, all you got to do is look at how much they're paying and make sure that you are creating revenue for them that would not exist to pay yourself. It's not that hard. 
But if you're not thinking that way, like th- there will be a reason that you don't have, what would you say, Ron? You've been with me for 12 years. Yeah. Like coming on there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've been retired for how many? Uh, yeah. Seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so think about that. I mean, that means there's continuous value that's undeniably being provided. And I, I really just, when, when I see these questions, I always hope we can get that through because if this is your ultimate goal, like so many people, then think like you're on their side of the table, you know, because I promise you, anybody who's ever come to me, if you create a way to make me enough money, I'll pay you 300 grand a year. No problem. If you're making me a million, forget right. it. So keep right. that in mind, guys and girls, when you're looking for sponsors, because most of you are not worth the paper that this, that the agreement is signed on for these companies. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very interesting. I remember, I remember when I was with Muscle Tech, and <clears throat> I was with him for like a year and a half. And then I got a call one day from the guy, and he's like, "Hey, just letting you know, we're pretty much letting everybody go today. Hmm. There's no renewals. They're re- renewing like Phil, and that was like almost it. I remember like, when that happened. Yeah." And we were like, oh, okay. And then I called a few of the other guys that were with Muscle Tech. I was like, hey, how's it going? They're like, I just got a phone with Muscle Tech. I was like, oh, me too. <laughs> it's like they just everybody go. Yeah. They did like this. Jay left, every, like, because that was when Jay didn't resign with them and he left. And then they just did a big, like, blanket wide dump off. You remember that, Scott? I do. Yeah. Cause, cause there were a lot of smaller people that were sponsored by them too. Like, you know, local guys that were really good yeah. national level Everybody. guys, so you know, like the ambassadors all the yep. way up to like the pros. They, mm-hmm. they had almost no one left, but they just, I think Phil was like the only guy they kept. Yeah, they cut mostly yeah. everybody out. But before that, it branch. was like, man, yeah, branch. They they were that was like the booth to go to when I wanted to like go meet the pros, you know? Because you get in mm-hmm. line, and that line would have like it would start with like like Johnny Jackson, and then it would go to yeah. like Branch, and then it would go to Dexter, and then it would go to Jay, and it was like just the, the list of everybody you wanted to meet yeah. was right there, and they just and had them lined the right up. Even even when Dexter was Mr. Olympia, they still had Jay at the end, like the final guy that you got to meet. I don't know if you guys Jay remember would that. Jay be at the end if the current Mr. Olympia yeah. was standing next to him. And that is not a shot on Derek. No. That is no, just no, no. who Jay is. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's funny. Yeah. I, I have a now that we're just derailing our show like we always do. My favorite muscle tech story is that when Jose signed with them, because he had just come off of I think he broke his leg or something. So he was fat, you know, and they 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 got working together. And, and so they said, well, we're not going to give anything, but we want to use your before and afters. And so they agreed to pay him uh, 10 grand for any shows he won. So which, of course, was a safe bet. He, Look like dog shit and we're good to go. And uh, after his third in a row, they paid him and said, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> that is the best story ever. That is amazing. Like 30K deep. They're like, we don't want to play this game with you anymore. <laughs> I can just picture Jose's face right now. Just walking through and cleaning up. 10K. Yeah. Just clean it up. That's awesome. I remember when I did, they flew me out to do one of those before and after shoots. So I remember they flew me to Toronto and they had like this crazy gym set up, this awesome facility, right? It was very, very impressive. The the nonstop 20, the constant buffet restaurant they have there at headquarters and everything. It was oh, awesome. Yeah. 
So I go out there and I, I saw like the real gym. They had dumbbells up to 200. Everything was like so immaculate and all awesome gym. And then they had the fake dumbbells. And I saw like the big 100-pound dumbbells I was doing the shoot with and stuff. <laughs> and then um, and uh, fake Avanco plates and everything. They had all these fake weights in the photo shoot area. And then um, I did the before shoot and I was like 315 pounds or something. And right. I did the before shoot. And then they flew me home. And then after my show... I flew out and did like an after shoot, like two days after my show. And I looked yeah. great. Like, I think I even looked a little better than the show where right? I was just like fuller and looked great. And then when the photos came out, I was like blown away because they didn't shop the in shape photos. They were real. They made me look way worse in the before pictures. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I had the before pictures, like I had pictures of what I look like. Yeah. And I held them up next to the before pictures that were in the ad and they like shaved off my tricep and they shaved my delts down and then they oh, pulled amazing. my waist out a little bit, Damn. just a bit. And they just squared me up like a block and made my hips a little wider. <laughs> and then you look I like swear me. my head. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> I swear my head was a little bigger. Like no kidding. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Just alt and I just looked so terrible in the before pictures. Like the worst imaginable. And then in the after pictures, I'm like, you know, 260 shredded. Yeah. Right? Right. It was hilarious to me. Cause I, I was I was concerned they were gonna like not concerned, but I assumed they were gonna shop the after pictures and they would look unrealistically good. Yeah. Right. But it was the opposite. That's made you yeah. look unrealistically bad. Unrealistically <laughs> That's bad, smart yeah. because people aren't going to expect them to make you. You know what I mean? They're gonna they're gonna eyeball the after pictures, and you know what I mean. They're not going to be like, yeah. oh, that guy looks way fatter than he would have been. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He that was, was never experience. that fat. Yeah, especially people yeah, who didn't yeah. like Ron. They were like, he was absolutely that fat. Yeah, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> horrible. Yeah, yeah, brutal. We had a bunch of listener questions. If you guys wanted to tackle any of them, I don't know if you guys Absolutely. had anything else. You anything? Okay. Here's a comment. Do a watch party with Lee Priest to a Sean Ray training video. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be unairable. Definitely yeah. not monetized. Yeah, somebody said, Scott, you're not even. Don't even pretend that you guys are going to monetize a Lee Priest episode. <laughs> this is true. And I'm okay with through. Um, okay. This is from uh, Patreon, too. I think uh, Thick Gary. I think he's a, a new guy because I haven't seen him post before over there. He says, um, do you notice any stereotypes associated with clothing brands in the gym? Example, it seems the teens wear gym shark stringers that can't re-rack their weights or the old guys wearing the fake animal uh, fake animal hooded tanks doing uh, every exercise an inch from the rack. Well, That's gym stereotypes worst. are fun, but I also try to avoid them too. You know, like, I don't know. There's exceptions to everything. That The thing that triggered me about that whole thing was the standing an inch from the rack. Don't do that. To yeah. bother me. <laughs> it's like, you can read any question. other words. It's <laughs> like, wait, wait, whatever's going on here, don't stand in front of the rack. <laughs> I do remember a good decade ago when literally every single guy who wore a tap out shirt thought that he was like a, like a pro MMA fighter. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Right, right. Oh, yeah. They're at was, home on Xbox. Rune could choke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys you wearing want, tap want, out shirts playing Xbox. Yeah. Oh. 
shave yeah. their head next step and then they just walk around looking like they're tough right i, I was looked say at, that i was looked at the ears yeah like, the ears oh yeah there's like, your fat ears fucked up you do not want to <laughs> fuck that guy around yeah we're good it's yeah. <laughs> 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 <Sorry> of the f-bombs <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. This is my honest opinion. Typically, if you see a guy that's a bodybuilder, percentage-wise, chances are he's the biggest douche in the gym. (laughs) (laughs) It just never, and the reason I say that is because I see it. Like, I don't understand what it is. I mean, I had a guy, he's asked me three times on my my Q&A if I think, that people that are in the gym training their ass off have more rights to the equipment. And I'm like, Mm. no, your membership is $40. Their membership is $40. And that's the end of it. And it's a sad world that we, that that you would ask me that three times because you, you do not want me to answer this publicly. It's going to be ruthless. Um, $80 in Canada, Dusty. 80. Well, that's, that's, so it's 30 in the U.S. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no money like, is just worth less and less by the day. <laughs> but I, I, it sounds terrible to say, but I really do think that those are funny things because it, it's, I know this because when someone meets a bodybuilder who doesn't just talk about I and me the whole time, they're shocked. Yeah. When you're nice, when you speak well, when I try to make sure to say hello to everyone in the gym every day. And just knock down that, especially because I'm in a new gym right now, like break down the stereotype immediately. And and I, I wish more bodybuilders would because that is why we have the reputation we do. Because then you could turn around and do nine play cat squats, screaming your face off, and no one cares. They're like, oh, that's Dusty. He's nice. We've yeah. been through this a <laughs> bunch of times. Remember that story about when I trained at that World Health for two years straight? Yep. And the other guys would be like, how come I get in trouble? And I'm like, it's because they don't like you. Yep. You make it difficult to like you. That's yeah. why you get in trouble for everything you do. I'm just nice to everyone. Hey, how's it going? Say out to the manager, shake his hand, tell him you appreciate that the leg press got moved into a better spot after you suggested it. And then yeah. he listen mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. And now you're happy. Yep. And then you have a relationship with the people there and like all that stuff. It's just, yeah, you're right, Dusty. Uh, I, I still see the odd bodybuilder, right? And I just think, you're a good person, but you really need to get over yourself. Hmm. Yep. Like you really, really need to realize that what you're doing doesn't matter at all to anyone else here. Yep. They're all just working Absolute out. Fact. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit what level your contest is or how many weeks out you are or how low your carbs are. And I don't give a shit. And as a gym owner, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. bodybuilders, and I, I went through this myself for a long time. And there's periods of time when I even checked myself as a mm-hmm. bodybuilder. Like, I got to get over myself. Yeah. I, don't like, mm-hmm. I don't like the attitude I had about that situation. Or, or, you know what I mean? Like, there's always, like, you know, totally. I look back on the, how many years I spent in, in the mindset of being like super, super duper, ultra, extra special hardcore, you know? Yeah. And uh, you just got to get over yourself about it, man. Doesn't mean anything to anybody else. Nobody cares. You're just working out and just try to not give off the vibe that, you know, like don't go hover by a machine and huff and puff. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up. How many sets you got left? And then they say yeah. two and, and, and you're like, like yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> just- There's a guy who, yeah. I think I told you guys about Fat Rambo a long time ago. This yeah. guy. <laughs> 
walking around in a tank top. He had like a really thick chest, but I think it was mostly fat, you know? Right. And he just kind of like puff it out like that. And he had like a do-rag wrapped up into a bandana. And he didn't know this guy, men's physique guy, little dude, but he like, great back goes up to him he goes hey watch this he'd walk up to people and be like hey how many sets you got left while i'm working in and try to kick people off machines and he did that to my client he didn't know that i knew the guy and i came over and just tore him a new and i was like what do you think you're doing man like you realize he was on that machine like this right, is yeah. this is ridiculous you know i just literally just dressed him down right in front of everybody at the gym <laughs> And he thought he was like trying to impress me or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? <laughs> that does not impress me that you're an ass. I'm, I'm glad that yeah. you call him Fat Rambo because you reminded me of yet another mistake I made that I got in trouble for. I actually got a text message Uh-oh. when Harmonica guy came up. Yes. Oh, goodness. It was great. And story. I was like, can't be touched. I, the, the, like two days after the show was set out, I get a text. I, I got a bone to pick with you, it says. I'm like, oh, what open it up she's like harmonica guy you're not going to even bring in the fact that we have zumba lady that puts books on her head what and dances and i'm like i forgot about her she, of course you would like, it's become normal to you <laughs> yeah <you've> noticed. <laughs> she also has a like a, a waistband belt thing that that like sounds like maracas when she shakes but she puts things on her head and dances in the corner i was like ooh, i did leave her out and I have forgotten. And she was right. I owed an apology for, I don't even know what to name her at this point. Because <laughs> we used to walk in the gym, I'm like, she's doing it again. That's why. That's funny. I, you know, I, I she thought dates of a harmonica couple more. Guy, I think. Yeah, harmonica guy, <laughs> Morocco woman. Wow. I, I thought of a couple funny people that we've had over the years that I didn't mention. We had one woman. She didn't actually work out at our gym. Well, she would occasionally get on the treadmill and just go crazy for like two hours straight. But she would come in and she would use a tanning bed. And then she would come in later that day and want to tan again. Oh. And she was like super, super dark, like as dark as you can get. Like you can't tan any more than that. And um, so, of course, sometimes like way back when we first opened, sometimes like there'd be a different staff member working and they'd just put her in the tanning bed. But then we had came up with the system where we had to make sure you could only tan once a day because there's like rules and, sh- and stuff about that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, oh, geez, she's coming in twice a day. And I'd like put a stop to it. And then she left because we caught on. Damn. But she was like addicted to tanning. You sure her name wasn't Skip Hill? <laughs> Sharp spin is just full of yeah. M, M, Milano tan syringes. Yes, exactly. Why is the sharp spin filling up so much with Milano tan syringes? It's funny. Yeah. No, no, no. But yeah, like uh, just, you know, that sort of thing. You see some of the interesting ones when they come out of the woodwork. That's great. You know? You're like, I also find that funny that the government needs to be involved in how often I tan, but we won't get into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is Canada, remember. This is Canada. They are here too, though. It's 24 hours. Oh, no, they have it here too. There's actually some places here where they want to do 24 hours like to the hour. Oh, yeah. You came at five yesterday. It's three right now. I'm like, I've done that. It was a mess. So I just don't go there. What else we got, Scott? (laughs) How about this one? Um, How do you you guys deal with lower back pumps uh, during the off season? She's reaching 230 for the first time. That's usually like a post-show rebound type of a thing for me. I mean, you know, well, first of all, I mean, you can screw up if you set your work up 
set your workout up incorrectly and yeah. wind up with a lower back pump off the bat and have to manage it for the rest of your workout, which is always the worst. You know what I mean? But I think a lot of it is a flexibility and mobility issue. The, the tighter mm. and less flexible you are, the mm. more prone you're going to be to like, you know, some guys will do lying leg curls and they're like, my lower back just blew up. And I'm like, uh, well, that shouldn't like that's you got a tightness problem and a f- flexibility issue in your lower back if you're blowing up your lower back on leg curls you know what i mean it's not like you're doing stiff-legged deadlifts with 400 pounds and you're you know that wouldn't be as shocking um yeah so so yeah you know and post show is when things get sort of waterlogged and tight you know so that's kind of why that happens but if it's you know if you're having all these issues later in the off season and you're in pretty good shape then i don't know what to tell you you should probably look at mobility and flexibility i'd say i'm guessing that's not i'm guessing it's a lot of water it's not like in pretty good shape he said he's hitting 230 for the first time in his life yeah he's popped out yeah yeah he's probably got a lot yeah. of fluid what do you think dusty just yeah. i just speak from personal and anytime my low back was tight i was fat yeah right that was it. there you go like, like not, you know, heavy. And, and I am just to, to may say this huge proponent of getting big in the off season. Yes. It, unless you have a, unless your metabolism is slow and you have a hard time losing fat. I used to get heavy. Like I just looked fat. But as soon as you cross the line where my low back was an issue, I'm like, I'm too fat. And I would lean down a little bit and I was fine. So be careful. Cause when I see, like you said, the words 230 for the first time, I think you're chasing a scale and we've all done it. So I ain't hating, but if it's getting in the way of your training, your weight is limiting your success. Yeah. 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 I remember whenever I took Anadrol, whenever I took oh, Anadrol, yeah. I, would, I would wait for the crazy incapacitating shoulder pump that it hit eventually. <laughs> like Those maybe are bad third, third, fourth weekend, you'd be doing shoulders and you have to put your arms up on like a machine between sets because <laughs> you can't yeah. just stand there with them hanging or they just feel like they're going to swell till they pop. Yeah. So you have to put your arms up between every set and you're actually in, in pain for like a large portion of the shoulder workout. Like every set, when you put your arms down, you're like, oh, you do another crazy set and then you put your arms up again. I used to get the most horrendous shoulder pumps when I took Anadrol and I thought that it was a good thing. So I would like purposely like, oh, here we go. You know, <laughs> here, yeah, here we go. You know, blow these delts up. You know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I like that was that was that. That's like a marker in my head. I remember how that felt. All right, Absolutely. how about this one? Um, my goal is to win Arnold under Weinberger judging and shake hands with the right people. Do you think that's the wrong approach um, for after for bodybuilding? I just I don't even get. I don't even understand. Is it? Yeah, that's. I don't know, Dusty. Where do you start? I think I know what he well, means. I'm going to assume I know what it means. So, uh, if your goal is to win the Arnold, then under Weinberger, then do that. Um, meet the right people. Like I, that's either going to happen or it's not. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't. A lot of people win a lot of shows that I never hear of ever again. Right. Um, so, you know, I'd want a more exact, what is, what is your actual goal? Like, is that the end? Yeah. Like, why do you want to meet these people? What do you want to do? Like, you know what I mean? It sounds like a, a funny response, but it, it really does matter because, you know, you want to win the honor and meet right people. That's There's nothing wrong with it. It's not a bad approach to buy them, but I don't know what it's going to do. Here, you know? Here's an idea. Um, 
let's try to make something constructive out of this particular example. Yeah. I I find some people say, you know, like we're we're on Instagram, we're watching all these motivators, you know, we got Gary V coming through and you know Huberman coming through, all these motivators coming through, right? All these business people and stuff. And um so people think, well, got to make my vision board and set my goals. So they put the Rolls-Royce on their vision board and they say I'm going to I want to win the Arnold. Right? right? That's great. But none of that happens without having the goal of I need to get eight reps with five plates on the hack squat. And right. I need to hit 220. I need to get to 220 and I need to put a quarter inch on my arms. And I need to like that is those goals are how you get to those big things that you've set. And so the the small goals and the constantly hitting and achieving and reinforcing and building your confidence and your stride and your momentum through all those small goals, those are all the ones that those are all the bricks that get you to the the Rolls Royce and the Arnold. You know what I mean? Right. No, for sure. Like I want to get my pro card. I'm like, okay, how many little victories do you have to win to get your pro card? Because it's a lot. Yeah. You want to win thousands of little battles, thousands and thousands of little battles. You have to win all these little battles with yourself. You have to win all these mm. little battles with um, adversities that come through. Like, you know, you're going to have to win all these little battles in the gym. You're going to have to eke out all these reps that you didn't think you could get. You're going to have to do all these things. So realize that, or you just if if you're unaware of all those little things, and you're just focusing on like this dream, it's it, it's not how things work. I don't think. I agree a million percent. I mean, that I, I definitely, for example, I mean, you know, I don't care which show it is, but I will say it is fun to win a show that Steve's judging. Um, and the reason I say that is because I respect Steve respect all the judges but steve the most because i know him well enough and he is not capable of bs (laughs) and if you look good and he tells you you look good it's the it's the greatest compliment in bodybuilding you know so that part i definitely get but again then take the big goal like ron said and work backwards what does it take to do that and understand that your goal of winning the arnold might be five arnolds from now that you do are you willing to do that Right, because that's the part that I feel has gotten lost somewhere along the way. It's like, you know, that's it's a great goal, and I hope you're happy with that. I hope if you go and get seventh this year, your goal is to win the Arnold next year, and if you get fourth and you come back and you keep rolling, because that is where you will get that thing. I think you're actually looking for, because when when Steve looks up and says, "Oh, you again," go to the middle. Mm-hmm. It means a little more. You know what I mean? And then people will see you come up, you know, and as far as meeting people, then that's that's on who you are as a person. And that goes back to our comments earlier about don't be a douche. Um, and that'll take care of itself. Met a lot of great people in this industry who are far superior at bodybuilding than me. And they don't care about that side if you're solid for the industry and for the business. So keep your eye on those things as well then because it plays a role. There's a lot of better athletes than the people you see that are in those places you want to you want to be. Yep. Yeah. Well, very well said. I knew you guys would have good advice. Wow. Occasionally. 
we are occasionally blind squirrel finds value a nut. slips out. <laughs> yeah, when a blind squirrel finds a nut. Exactly. Ooh, I want to make sure we That's, squeeze this one in. Um, one of the top 10 quotes of yours. I <laughs> uh, just want to say thank we you for encouraging. We will the number one quote. <laughs> we can't do that on YouTube. It's a ring, no. isn't it? Um, <laughs> there's the nod. <laughs> Dusty has a secret quote that I won't say. Go ahead, Scott. I want to hear that later. <laughs> Just wanted to thank you guys for encouraging me to do hit weight training. I've gotten stronger and more muscular at 53. Um, also, did you uh, know that Je- the Jeffit app shows specifically the combination of reps and weights will beat the last one rep max. Um, I can't figure out how to attach screenshots. I thought there was a question in here, but there isn't. But we did encourage a 53-year-old guy to try high-intensity training. And uh, awesome. he's doing some awesome stuff. So there's that. So That's I guess it awesome. was a question. Yeah. That, that, well, the app sounds like it might be uh, valuable for powerlifters if it's like percentage of all the prediction of one rep max and stuff that's probably tied in with a lot of that you know what i mean yeah because they can train in like the three to five rep range and kind of estimate what their one rep hit's going to be and all that stuff so that's kind of cool app that's interesting dusty doesn't i think you might have mentioned this before uh dante uh doesn't suggest people doing dc that are like in their 40s to go with the same rep ranges that he would what about this guy training with heavy, heavy weights at 53? Is there any advice you would give him being an experienced guy with, you know, high intensity stuff? The biggest thing is exactly what you just said, which is heavy weight does not mean low reps. And that's where things get confused. So at 53 years old, I if I was writing like a DC program for a 25 year old, then a low rep range for like deadlifts is going to be like six to eight. And then a drop back of... 10 to 12 or 12 to 15 for you my heavy would be 12 to 15 Mm. for sure and then we would lighten up on the drop the drawback because you need to make sure to keep that in mind is we have mileage and and if you if you want to see progression the biggest key is to not get injured and you just can't especially if you're getting very very big gains in strength because you got to remember your joints and everything else they're not there. there there will be some form of an issue along the way so definitely pull the weight back and understand still progression i keep track of my numbers when i do sets of 30 i'm still trying to beat it you know and that's right that's and you will also find i i wish i knew some of this when i was younger because some of my movements i'm like man i should have been training this way my whole career mm. A brutal set of like a leg press to 50. And if it's truly a set to 50, where at 35, you're like, there's no way. And you find your way there. That is a different pain that creates muscle for sure versus, you know, loading up tens. And I, and I partially, you know, credit Ron for this because it was something that he said to me years ago. He's like, you got to figure out a way to make this weight heavier because it's no, it's no longer smart to go heavier. Yeah. I just, I was, I just, I was watching Dusty get so strong at one point that I was starting to like cringe watching some of his hack squat videos because I was like, Jesus, like, like, because I'm the type of person like I'm, I'm, you know, you can't just infinitely add plates, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And eventually, he's got like, yeah, he's on like an old school hack and it's full, and he's like pounding out sets. I'm like, damn. Like you can't add any more plates, bro. Like, 
can we take some plates off? Like, we got to figure this because <laughs> the last thing I want to see is you get hurt. And I think I'd already blown a quad at that point. So I was like real sensitive. I was like, damn, you know. But it becomes a smart way to look at it because then it was funny because he had that, we had that conversation. I was like, well, the only thing that was making it harder was more weight. Yeah. You know, and I didn't want to just do more reps because that became for, for hacks sometimes like first the leg press, it becomes a cardio issue yeah. more than strength. So first it was like, all right, we'll do a four count negative. Then it was, well, let's do a six count negative. And then when I strength started coming back up again, it was like, all right, let's do a six count negative with a pause at depth. And all of those things made it very, very hard. It did. I mean, I stopped putting plates on top of the machine. So that was cool. And, and it was definitely safer. And I actually, again, I think I started getting better results because my body was like, oh, what, what are you doing? You're not just throwing on more weight, you know? So be mindful of that at all ages, but definitely uh, 40s, 35 and up, you really need to start thinking that way, uh, especially if you're like us and the gym is our place because you get injured, you ain't going in there for a while. And that sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Yep, risk to reward, definitely lower for older guys. Especially with the rest pause sets, you know, like you might aim for a total number of reps of like 15 to 20 total reps on a rest pause. Right, Dusty, for a guy like you or a younger guy? Oh, yeah. A guy, yeah. Yeah, depending on what it is, but guy, yeah. Yeah, maybe you get 10 on your first round. F- yeah, older guy, you're going to go even round. heavier. Yeah, yeah or, older, I mean, older, higher reps. Yeah, older guy, you want to get 15 on the opener because you need to get at least, you know, five or six on the second round. You know what I the mean? The other thing to, to factor in, which Dante just messaged me on the other day, which is funny, I just realized I didn't respond yet, uh, is um, uh, he talks about how at because uh, at his age, and he's like early 50, you know, 50, something around that, I can't remember exactly, uh, he has to warm up a lot longer. Like, yeah. As you're older, don't think, you know, when you get on an incline, it's not 135, 225, 315, 405. Like, don't do that. Take your time. And you should be able to quickly go through the warm-ups, you know, relatively quick. You go, your partner goes back and forth. Then you take your nice break and then you do your working set, but really get warm. I mean, e- even me, I mean, I'm 42 and have done a, plenty of damage between hockey and bodybuilding. Yesterday for hacks, I did three sets with a plate aside. Then I went up to two plates, right. then up to three, then to four. Then from four, I went to six. Like now right. my body's moving. You know, so be really mindful of that because that's something when you don't realize, but when you're young, like literally it's like, ah, I mean, I used to start my squats at 225 because it was just a waste of time to do 135. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. We'll go right you to 225. Even, you can even squat down with less than two you know? plates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I needed that to push me down to the ground. Yeah. Um, so that's another factor. I'm glad I thought of that because he was just saying that. And it is enormous. I mean, if you watch my, like if it was an incline barbell press and you watch my first set with 135, yeah, things are so tight. It looks like I've never done it before. <laughs> like my body's like moving in the most awkward ways. Then I rack it, come back 30 seconds later, do it again. And now it starts moving, you know? So, so keep those things in mind either when you're older or when you're young and you just feel not quite on, you know, and, and definitely listen to those things. I mean, like I said, we were out of town for the for a day and stayed in a hotel. And we went to legs yesterday. Last week, I did eight and a quarter plates aside on hacks for like 10 or something. This week, I went to seven and said, I'm going to go slower today. We're doing seven plates. Right. You know, 
did I mean it was just as brutal, but it was like yeah, my body's talking to me a little bit. That left knee saying things. I feel like my foot's turning out. Yeah, let's just not. So so really be mindful of that because I really think when you get older, we don't get away with the murder we used to. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Okay. Well, gentlemen, is that it for an episode? Do we have an episode here? Uh, I've do. got a shout out. I've got a shout out. Oh, oh yes. yes, let's do yes. shout outs. I got well. I have two because my wife bought me cookies today, so I've been eating these oh, quietly. They're Biscoff cookies with like the Biscoff nice. stuff in them. They're like, they're like an Oreo, but with Biscoff. They're delicious. So, they're delicious. Yeah, they're so good. Yes. Thank you, Victoria. So I've been eating. I put my microphone on mute, and I've been eating them through the show. Uh, there's that. <laughs> and shout out. Yeah, <laughs> post post workout. Post shout workout. out to uh, Phil, my uh, my client over the weekend. He, yeah, uh, he did really good. This is his first contest. And uh, what was really cool is, let me see if I can size these up. There we go. They gave him uh, a most conditioned award. The most he got the most shredded award at the That's show. That's a great award. Which that is so that is cool. A great show. Yeah, yeah. And Brent Swanson was there, who comes in absolutely peeled, and he was like, "Damn, man, you looked really good. You know, good job." That's awesome. So if he can get a if he can get a you know a a compliment from Brent, then he we know we're we're on the right track. Well, so this is his great. first show. And Sending you pictures where you can see his legs and glutes. Yes, exactly. You can see exactly. how he looks. So that, quads. that first show is the morning before we left for the show. So he isn't quite perfectly filled out there. But then that yeah, next yeah. shot was after it was glazed up and he was ready to go. Um, but yeah, he, he nailed it. And uh, he listened to me That's all awesome. the way through. So, you know, he did a great job. And he listens to all the podcasts, too. So he listened to all of us all along the way. And I think he said in his, he made a post uh, over the weekend. Yeah, and he said, that. he said, if I could bring the mindset that Scott would respect, the uh, the posing that Ron would respect, and the conditioning <laughs> that Dusty would respect, then I know that I had a package that I did the best I could. Oh, that's funny. I appreciate yeah. that. No, that was great to see. And, um, you know, just knowing that people are like actually watching the show and it's like motivating them to, you know, keep marching on the treadmill or, or you know, whatever they got to do. Like, that's that's awesome. You know, we're just sitting here rattling uh, rattling around about uh, cookies and uh, <laughs> yeah. dogs Glad you listen to this episode. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking to you know, it's, it's it's funny. It's funny to me. So that's that's really cool. You know, because yeah. those are the real. Those are the. That's what I call like. Those are the real bodybuilders. That's what bodybuilding is. You know. Yeah. People think mm -hmm. bodybuilding is like Phil Heath and Derek Farm. You know, like the, that's it's not. It's 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 all those guys going to their first show. Yep. And just trying to get in shape and hoping they do, you know, like that, that's, that's, that's what 99% of bodybuilders are. Yeah. The guys like that they just want to see what they can do. And, and that's awesome to see great condition. Yeah. Dusty Thank had you. a guy uh, did good this weekend too. So congrats on him as yes. well. Yeah. We had a nice, uh, we had a nice little weekend. We, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, I, I have a guy who he literally works at the time all over the place. So he would move somewhere, work for a while, move somewhere, work for a while, working weird hours, just kind of balancing it all. And it's nice to see it all come together. Yeah. yeah. Because it just proves you can, you can have excuses, you know, mm -hmm. for, for all the reasons you can't get it done. But when you, you know, then you have a guy like Adam, he just locked it through and we're actually going to meet, be on a conversation today because the next step for him is just trying to eliminate all those outside things that you mm. do have control over, what'll make it a lot easier. 
You know, it's, yeah, it, it's yeah. when it, when the full package came through and then I, you know, cause you guys know how it is. I mean, when you, when you work with your clients, you're in with them yeah, and you kind of spend a moment looking back and you're like, okay, this went well, but where was something we could eliminate or we could add that would make it better? And my first thought was we got to get your life less hectic. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Cause, yeah. cause you did this in spite of all of these things. Um, you know, and some things are unavoidable, obviously, on the job front and things like that. But there are things that we bring in um, as newer competitors that we don't realize <laughs> how off they are. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's not selfish to have that little bit of time where you prioritize. It's like, Scott, you and I talked about a long time ago as far as like, I don't believe in life balance. But there's times when you give 100% of your effort into one thing. And then when that show is over, you can slide some of that effort back where it belongs, you know? So yeah. um, I, I look forward to that too, because at the end of the day, the, the, the idea is a better look. And when they start getting really good, you're like, okay, to get better than this, we got to go to a new place. And and what we did to get to that was fantastic, but there's no way at that level to push you further. So you're going to have to go to a new place, which means eliminate some things and, and focus on this goal yeah. if you want to. Uh, in his case, yeah. I know he does. So it's like, all right, if you want to be a pro, and I do think you have the genetic capability, this is the stuff that's going to have to alter to make that happen, you know, and, and then it's completely feasible. But I think it's important to have that conversation because too many coaches go, you could go pro. I'm like, we well, can go pro if. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me tell you what the if, if is, and then you tell me if you still want to. And if you don't, bro, I get it. Because if mm, you ask yeah, me you're, now, you're if, if I want to do what it takes, it's no. <laughs> Like, you know, I mean, I know you're the same, Ron. Like, I had somebody ask me the, uh, recently. They were like, what if somebody gave you, offered you 100 grand to, like, do a show? I was like, I make 100 grand easier than that. Yeah. I don't do that. <laughs> Sounds awful. The worst way to make 100 grand for me. <laughs> that takes exactly. me back. That takes me back to my very first show. I remember seeing a light heavyweight that I thought looked so good. And he did. He looked great. Uh, especially my perspective at the time. And I thought, man, I want to look like that guy one day. And he told me backstage, he was like, you can take this as far as you're willing to go. Yep. Yep. That was it. You take it as far as you're willing to go. That's exactly a different way of saying what you're saying, Dusty. I like your way. It was much faster. (laughs) This kind of, I know we've sort of toyed with the topic before, like, you know, like how much credit do coaches deserve and how much blame do coaches deserve and, you know, all good or bad. And I know that it's kind of a, 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 that's a target that never stops moving depending on who you're talking about and the situation. Mm -hmm. But, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I spent a, uh, my, my whole life, I've been helping people get ready for shows. I don't even like the term coach, but, but I think at the end of the day, you're responsible for how you look. Like, you're the one who's looking in the mirror. You're the one who is seeing your leg and your arm and you're seeing like you're responsible. And, mm-hmm. you know, like we said, if you're sending bad pictures to your coach, now he really doesn't know what's going on, you know, like that sort of thing. So, or if you're late with your pictures, like it, before you get sort of like, I think that the most important thing to do after a show to, you know, when we're asking those questions, how can you get better? Look inside first. How can yep. I get better? Start there. A lot of people start outside first. That's huge, man. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I get better? Oh, well, you know, my girlfriend was mean to me and then my buddy, you know, wasn't calling me back for a while. So like that was kind of his fault. And then like, you know, work was stressful. No, 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 no. 
Look inside yourself first. How can you get better? Can you get better at managing that type of stuff? Maybe you can get better at not letting that stuff interfere with your life. Maybe you can get better at staying calm. Maybe you can get better at not micromanaging things that your coach doesn't even want you worrying about. You know, like if you're going to blame your coach and then say, yeah, I mean, there were these 20 things because I've seen this too. People go, yeah, you know, my coach was good, but you know, I had to do all these other things with all these other supplements because he wasn't really into that stuff. I'm like, well, so now you're doing a whole bunch of stuff with supplements that your coach doesn't know about. What were you doing? <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, I was taking this and this and this and this and this. Oh, well, that's like an extra 220 calories worth of aminos you were taking in every day. So they like just this all, it all comes together. You got to be communicative, got to be open, got to be, you know, just all that stuff. But I think looking inside and taking responsibility for how you manage your, you know, mindset is first and foremost when you come out of a show you know yep. it might not be the easiest thing to do right off the bat right it might take yeah. you some people a couple months to realize that they got to look at that stuff but that's yeah. important too you know mindset in, in life you know i i talked to a, a lady at the gym this week um who's getting ready to do nationals and she's it's like her first season and and she knows she's not at that level but is doing the show and i said look you have what you have. So take it to the show because you've already made that decision. Do your thing. But then you got to step back. And that's what you said. That's where you evaluate and say, okay, well, how bad do I want to do this? Because that next level is a lot further away than people realize. And what it takes to reach it is, is pretty high. And then you just ask, is that really worth it to me? Because if it's not, don't waste your time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can have a great physique. You can have a great body. You can do all these things. You can look like a bodybuilder. You know, I mean, I don't feel like Ron is less of a bodybuilder. Now he's retired and has less muscle mass. He lives bodybuilding every day, but not to the extreme he used to because the goals have changed, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's an important thing for people to look at because you – if you go back to 2010 to 2014, don't come at me unless you're coming at 120%. I will kill you because I only had one goal in mind. That was it. You know, it was like yeah. a totally different place. And I, I think it's important you understand that there are me's with much better genetics waiting for you at that level. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. you're not going to 80% and beat them. You're going to need 110% and hope they miss something. That's the only yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. And listen yeah, to so, Dusty yeah. now versus having to learn the lesson the hard way. Cause I've known a lot of people that have done it that way and said, Oh, I got to get my crap together at this point. Or they get their egos hurt so bad that they're done. You know, one of the two. Yeah. 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 That's, there's a lot of those. I, I think my, my favorite story was Chris Cook. He, uh, he went and he was, he was lived in Alaska and he went to nationals for the first time he qualified. So he went and he showed up late. And he was a heavyweight. And he goes, he walks and he's like, oh. And he sees everyone lined up. He goes, when did the heavies go? And he asked the competitor guy, he goes, I'm a middleweight. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, right in that moment, I realized I spent $5,000 to watch a bodybuilding show. <laughs> because he was like, this guy was so big, but he was so light. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's he goes, funny. I didn't know what bodybuilding was until I walked into that room. And they said, when I saw what a heavyweight looked like standing next to me, yeah. he's like, it's going to be a long day. 
You go to do middleweights, and everybody only comes up to your to your chest. Yeah, you walk back. You're the tallest you guy. <laughs> if it was basketball, yeah. you could have won. Yeah. So yeah, I feel tall all of a sudden. Yeah, I always yeah. thought those are great stories because obviously nowadays I don't get it. Like, I just went to a couple of USA's and I was like, oh. It's going to be a few years before I'm ready to do this. Got it. You know, your, right. your little your little gym in Scottsdale doesn't tell you the truth of the world. You yeah. Know? <laughs> oh, yeah. you're great, Dusty. You're going to blow them away. Yeah. You know, exactly. all your friends. <laughs> yeah, that was my, my first overall, Scott. I won uh, the border states in October. Okay. And nationals was like three weeks later in November. And, uh, I remember I was at a show the next weekend in town. They're like, are you, you're doing nationals, right? And I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, I don't want to go get annihilated in front of my friends and family. Yeah. Hell no. Like, ride this high a little while. And they thought I was crazy. They're like, what? Really? You look great. I'm like, for this level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For that one. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it had been like last call out. Not you, Dusty. We're going to have you wait till after the last call. <laughs> then you can right. come forward. <laughs> right. Oh, man. yeah. Yeah. Good no, stuff. that's that's true. OK. And it's so funny. Chris Cook, another guy that went from last call out to winning his pro card, too. Another and, and another guy who uh, matches our story for um, sponsorships because he was making six figures before he was a pro. Hmm. Yep. And he was another guy that Aceto turned pro after he worked with a bunch of other guys. And yep. I remember the famous story of Chris cutting his drugs in half. And he was like, how can this make sense? And Chris was like, I don't know. Your body's a mess. Just cut your drugs in half. <laughs> and then he looked, and then he looked better. <laughs> he looked better. And then, and then Chris walked into the room. Didn't What was the quote? Chris walked into his room after he turned pro and he was sitting there holding his trophy. And Chris goes, how do you feel? And he goes, he looked up at Chris. He goes, I thought it was all drugs. <laughs> He's like, it was, it was he, all clarity. He goes, mm-hmm. I thought it was all drugs and it wasn't. Yeah. And he was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah, those are those okay. are some of my favorites. All right. Okay, is this a, this a wrap for an episode, boys? Last Our third rap crew, we made it third rap. <laughs> I just go by I just go by how anxious Scott looks. Like shit, yeah. I'm looking at my watch. Well, he a ran lot. out of yeah, cookies. Yeah. yeah, and then I don't. Are we just talking about the same thing for too long. Is that's why he's anxious? He's giving us the wrap up signal. We do do. So that. We're good to go. Gotta move. Okay. On. Yes, move on. I didn't get a move on this episode. That's no, good. We, we did good. Them. We did good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, remember everyone, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. And remember, IamMutant.com makes a big difference. Go to the IamMutant.com website. Mutant Hardcore sponsor the show. Dusty 20, Big Ron 20, get your 20% off. ISO Surge, all in, and everyone should get on the gear. And remember the Patreon for Think Big Bodybuilding. Yes. That's a great thing you can do. Just throw the cost of a cup of coffee at the Patreon or whatever you want and uh, help Scott finance the channel and all the great shows on Think Big. So remember the Think Big Bodybuilding Patreon. Thank you, guys. Super producer homed. Yes, definitely. And you get priority questions and all that stuff. So that's another feature. Okay, guys, we ready to go? We're good. We're ready. Okay. Remember, everybody, it's just bodybuilding. Thank <laughs> you.